Today, Donald Trump visits Ohio. Joe Biden decides maybe Donald Trump's border policy was a good thing after all. And another person close to the Clintons ends up dead. We've got all of that and more coming up, but it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. And earlier today, President Donald Trump taught the Biden administration a lesson in what leadership looks like when he traveled to East Palestine, Ohio, to deliver pallets of water and supplies for the town that is still left with more questions than answers about how bad the devastation to their land, to their homes, to their water, to their actual physical bodies, how bad that devastation really is. And still... Trump managed to make the trip before any senior Biden administration official could be bothered to visit Ohio on the ground and give their support. Lend a hand. Be a leader. Show your citizens you care about them. That's kind of what the whole thing is supposed to be about. Well, don't worry. Joe Biden finally made time after his World War III speech yesterday to pick up the phone and call Ohio Governor Mike DeWine from Poland because, you know, priorities. But the most noticeably absent Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg had quite a contentious moment with a reporter asking him when he'd finally make time for the citizens of Ohio. Watch. Secretary, what do you have to say? Hi, how are you? Good. Jenny Chair at the Daily Caller News Foundation. What do you have to say to the folks in Ohio, East Palestine, who are suffering right now? Well, I'd refer you to about a dozen interviews I've given today. And uh, if you'd like to arrange a conversation. You don't have a message for them? I do, and I shared it with the press many times today. I'd refer you to those comments. Would you mind sharing it with us? No, I'm going to refer you to the comments that I made to the press because uh, right now I'm taking some personal time and I'm walking okay. down the street. Are you going down there? <clears throat> What's up? Are you going down there at all? Um, yep, yeah, I am. When are you going? Uh, I'll share that uh, when I'm ready. Okay, thank you. Can I, a, can I get a photo of you? Yeah. I'm taking personal time. Yeah, we know, Mayor Pete. Seems your entire tenure has been personal time. First, it was paternity leave during the cargo shipping crisis. But I know, birthing that baby and all had to be really tough on your body and you needed to recover. Or how about the airline flight chaos that your office was warned about four months before Southwest Airlines stranded tens of thousands of passengers over the holidays? Let's not forget the rail workers union impending strike that your agency had to negotiate up until the 11th hour. Where were you during those negotiations? Oh, that's right, vacationing in Portugal. Look, maybe I'm being too hard on the guy after all. I'm sure being the transportation secretary keeps one very busy. So busy that he's flown in private jets 18 times during his tenure, private jets that you have paid for. In fact, the organization Americans for Public Trust requested through FOIA a copy of his detailed schedule. And I will say his schedule throughout his tenure does seem very stacked. For instance, you've got to make time to prep for Jimmy Kimmel. Those late-night comedians are so hard on the administration, you can never be too careful. Or how about uh, this two-hour equity training that I'm sure was very vital to his job? Uh, although I guess he didn't quite grasp the equity thing because he did have to attend another uh, transportation equity roundtable. Sounds enthralling. And, you know, after all that talk about equity, one does need to make plenty of time to get some exercise. So he did manage to carve out back-to-back -back walks. Your taxpayer dollars, ladies and gentlemen. Are you pissed off yet? 
You should be. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't point out perhaps the most egregious part of Mayor Pete's contentious interaction. Did you catch it at the end? He asked to take her picture, a reporter who had already identified herself. Why? As an intimidation tactic because she was asking tough questions? to identify her so he could punish her later? Does the Biden regime have a problem with a free press? Will she be added to a list later? After the exchange, Pete announced he will be visiting Ohio tomorrow. So I guess now, magically, within 12 hours of having no date set, that time is finally right. Here to help me break this down are Eric July, Blaze TV contributor and founder and owner of Ripiverse Comics, and Jason Buttrell, chief researcher for the Glenn Beck program. Um, it, it just blows my mind how arrogant these people are, that they think that they shouldn't have to answer these questions. The same people, by the way, who encourage people to, you know, address Ted Cruz in the middle of dinner with his wife, to uh, get up in people's faces, make them feel uncomfortable. You have a reporter asking <clears throat> a question. And instead, Pete Buttigieg says, no, no, I'll refer you to my press secretary's office, even though I'm standing right in front of you. Oh, and by the way, let me take your picture. Look, um, this is like such an obvious example of why the federal <laughs> government is a clown show. It really has always been. But more importantly, you have these kind of positions that are fake. They don't really do anything. However, they, of course, get paid for it. Oftentimes they will vote for themselves for raises. These people aren't even elected a lot of times mm -hmm. into their positions, even if they did, it doesn't make it any any better. But you get what it is that I'm saying. These are just people that are kind of propped up to be kind of figureheads and they don't really do anything mm -hmm. because if they did do anything, you think something that kind of has a lot to do with his position, at least in name, he would be one of the first guys to go and address that position. Now, I talked about this. We talked about this last week, me and Matthew Mars, and I, mm -hmm. I kind of went on this, this tangent about, you know, the whole dependency on the sort of federal government to to, to get help when it comes to situations like this, I think is a fundamental uh, a core issue. But, you know, for the first time in a long time, maybe since Ron Paul, we've had a congressperson actually pay at least lip service to the idea that maybe this uh, whole structure of what we have with the with the federal government and its expectation is a failed kind of project. And maybe we need to look into uh, kind of uh, some sort of decentralization effort. And, you know, she comes out, talks about national divorce. That that term just makes a, even a lot of people that are on, let's say, our side of the aisle. They oh, wait a minute. I don't know about that. Marjorie Taylor. Green. Uh, yes, that's what I'm referring to. And I'm glad somebody's finally getting to discuss this, because I think this is a serious thing that we need to be addressing, because this is just another example of it. But you're going to see these definitely in the age of t connectivity mm -hmm. in the age of social media. You're going to continue to see these so bizarre, uh, even egregious kind of examples of people that are in positions that you pay for. Like, remember, we're, we're in Texas, so we might get pay, pay property taxes and all this other stuff. But when it comes to our income, you know, that's all going to the federal uh, the federal government. Right. And you're, you're paying essentially for people that do nothing. They and they won't come to your aid in the event that, let's say, you are in some sort of distress. I want to have the conversation like and, and have an honest one with with each other. You know what I mean? Because I do think it's a lot easier uh, nowadays for us to at least start the conversation, less fear mongering, but there's still going to be a lot of people to do it. But, you know, for a guy like Pete, he shouldn't even have a job. But 
for every, like, I guess one of him, you can probably, there's a lot of like, maybe like 25 of those guys that are in the shadows that you've never heard of mm -hmm. that are getting their pockets lined up, that are in positions that are often fake, and you all are getting ripped off because of it. Well, and here's the frustrating part, too, is that I, I don't disagree with you that the, the answer is decentralization. However, in the meantime, my tax money is going to pay for this stuff. So I do have a level of expectation that like, yeah, you should be down on the ground. You should be sending FEMA aid, right? Like what, what the hell am I paying my tax dollars for? Now, I'd much rather have the situation where I'm not giving you, you're not stealing my income, right? You're my hard earned money that I worked for, that the government isn't stealing it from me, but they are right now, right? So as the situation currently stands, come do something. You're already stealing me, stealing from me to do what? Right. Go to diversity training, go to equity training, not actually respond whenever there is a crisis. That's my thing is that like, it's just like, I don't like it. I don't like the system, but it's the same thing that I have with public schools. It's like, yeah. I mean, my money is going there. So like get your kids out of public schools, but also like we're still paying for it, so we need to do something about that. I love the conversation, and I, I, it fits in perfectly with uh, you know the Marjorie Taylor Greene mm -hmm. national divorce thing. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of us have been saying that for a while. Yeah. It didn't mm -hmm. it didn't really get the news coverage. Is that now they're like you're talking civil war, you know? <laughs> so <clears throat> to me, national divorce and that and that uh, concept is basically deeper federalism, yeah. right? So yeah. we don't have to, like you said, we don't have to have a Department of Education. We don't have right. to have a Department of Transportation. The states can handle all these things. Now, if you want to live in a progressive hellhole that's a lot more locked down, a lot more regulated, and it has a lot closer, you know, uh, uh, you know, relationship with the federal government, go live in California. Mm -hmm. Go live in New York State. Go, you know, go live in, you know, Oregon, places like that. You're free to do that. This is America. Um, at least it used to be. But, you know, we'll live in other places that will decouple. You know, we have our own economy going. We don't need to leech off that. What would that do? That would open up uh, lowering taxes. Uh, the government could actually maintain a budget. Crazy concepts. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not the way we're thinking right now. We're thinking about becoming more and more under the wing of this, you know, over, you know, uh, you know, smothering government and giving them more and more money. They become less frugal with the money that we give them. Mm -hmm. It's a downward spiral. Well, I think they're not, I mean, you would call Joe Biden frugal? Look at how much money he's given to Vladimir Zelensky. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's not frugal yeah. at all. Uh, we have very deep pockets, Jason. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're aware. Well, I mean, we just print it. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, you just print more. It doesn't matter. True. I love the fact how uncomfortable Buttigieg was on that. He, they're, they're not used to being pushed back on. And that's, I mean, I'm sure like, he heard Daily Caller and he probably almost like, you know, did something in his pants. He was yeah. like, oh yeah. crap. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They picked up the pace. They are not used to being pushed back on. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that he did. He's the perfect example of a diversity hire. Oh, yes. He's a diversity hire. Like, he's not for that job. He knows nothing yeah, there's, about there's it. There's nothing historically <clears throat> that he had did that would have put him in no. a position to be, like, any sort of expertise on, like, transportation or, or anything. And, like, he, and he's not showing up to these. He didn't show up for the, you know, the supply chain crisis. Mm -hmm. he, didn't, he didn't show up for this, all these other things. Because I'm... I'm Fairly certain he was told, look, bro, you don't have to. Yeah, that's probably what it was. We think that you might be a potential candidate to run for president in the future. <laughs> we want to keep you relevant. 
I know, right? And and what was his big downside? Like he did not appeal to um, the black community at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, they had what's his name? Uh, the not was it not Jesse Jackson? It was uh, what's the other guy? Al Sharpton. Sharpton. Uh, Sharpton. Remember that photo op they had with Sharpton where they were in a cafe and he and Sharpton was like, okay, tell me tell me a little about yourself. They were begging for the cameras to make it look like he was reaching out. You know, uh, th- th- this guy is completely clueless. He is completely clueless. He's got. He still has the same problems, right? He doesn't appeal to a large amount of people, mm-hmm. and now we're stuck with, you know, the Biden's policy uh, policies of let's not concentrate on the actual problems. Let's just make up all these problems. Like race is the biggest problem in the country right now. Blah blah. blah the stupid crap that divides everyone. Uh, but meanwhile, we'll have Buttigieg instead of actually looking into some issues that would make sense in his position. They're going to talk about how racist the freeways are in certain states. Yeah. That's, I mean, right. that day, was it the same day that this happened? He was talking about how there were too many white dudes in construction jobs? I, if it wasn't the what? same day, I think it was like the, the day after. Yeah. It was, it was bad. Not what we want to hear from you, bro. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I, wanna, I want to, sh- to show a little bit of the response that uh, President Trump received whenever he went over to Ohio. It just was, it was, um, it was encouraging to see because um, here he is with J.D. Vance, and you can hear the people shouting Trump. They were quite receptive to his visit over in Ohio. And um, word on the street, there were a lot of, um, a lot of, I'll say, let's go Brandon signs. So I don't know if you caught that. That was actually a friend of the program, Savannah Hernandez, asking Donald Trump, what would you, what is your message to Joe Biden? And Trump looked at her and said, get over here. <laughs> so, you know, for as much as, as Pete Buttigieg wants to call this a, a photo op, which is, of course, what he said about Donald Trump going there. It's like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like when you're running for president and you want to show people what true leadership looks like, what the hell else do you do other than go do something and help? Yeah, that seems to be uh, apparently obvious. And, and I hate that this is what it's all come down to, man. It's like, you know, helping people is not really in the interest unless it's, let's say, in the interest of themselves. <laughs> That's the only time <laughs> where they will aid other people, especially if it's uh, people that are, let's say, that they consider their ideological enemies. Because in the event, we saw this with the whole Texas freeze situation, because mm-hmm. in the event that it is a state that they consider their ideological enemy, they'll point and laugh. Right. At the fact that, you know, some people went without power for, you know, a couple of days. Uh, and uh, it's more like a can of being in this sort of abusive relationship where they say, well, this is why you need the federal government because of uh, y'all have your own power grid. And and it failed for a couple of days, uh, even though it happens in California every single year. Um, but that's that's how they, that's that's the game it is. They play because they don't actually care about you unless they can, let's say, uh, use you and be uh, you are, uh, let's say, useful to them in whatever narrative it is that they're trying to portray to the American people. And that's what I hate so much about about politics. It all, for the most part, is about optics. It's never about uh, aiding folks. And I'm okay Mm -hmm. with that. I just don't like the fact that there's people that get money, get laced up by way of the taxpayers 
to go out there and campaign and, 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 and do not necessarily on a campaign trail, but which that's probably more money is wasted in America. I don't, care. I don't know if people actually know how much definitely in presidential campaigns, how much money. It's, if you, mm-hmm. it's an insane amount mm-hmm. of money. You just think how much of that money could be used to just, you know, help your geographical area. And that's what I really want to start having the discussion in this country as we see more examples of federal government abuse. Let's start talking about getting them out of the way of these situations. Yeah. That's a that's a big problem for uh, for Democrats, especially these optics, because that's those are the areas yep. that um, that Trump appeals to, mm-hmm. and not just Trump, the GOP, you know, in general. That used to be the areas that the Democrats had a stranglehold on yep. back in the Clinton days. Um, he he was the guy for them, and they saw it that way. And that's changing. And that's also, I mean, another thing that's bad for the optics there is that it show this whole thing shows that. You know, why didn't uh, the Democrats rush over there and help? Mm-hmm. Why didn't they? This is one of their biggest issues, the environment. Uh, when the Nord Stream 2 pipeline broke down uh, or uh, got blown up, the, I remember there was mainstream articles all over the place not talking about, hey, I wonder how this happened. What did this do? How are they going to react? It was this amount of uh, dangerous gases are going up into our atmosphere. What is this going to do for climate change? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing about that for this. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's... It's red area. Yeah, it's red area. It. Yeah. It's a small town. They don't give a crap about you. Mm-hmm. They maybe they did a long time ago. They do not know. They don't now. Can you imagine if this happened? Let's say in between uh, on on the I five in between San Diego and Los Angeles. Yeah. What would they be doing? There would FEMA would have been there immediately. The president would be there. Everyone would be freaking out. Well, which by the way is very short sighted and stupid because uh, like what wh- the water flows. It's not just stagnant. Right. Like it's flowing into other places. It's not going to just stay in that one area. Um, and, but I'm, it's OK. I'm sure we'll be seeing ads like 10 to 20 years from now on the on the uh, the television. Like if you or a loved one were affected by the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, you could be awarded money. Um, all right. We got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Birch Gold. So I don't know if you realize this. The United States already blew through the uh, $31.4 trillion debt ceiling in January. And uh, good news on the horizon. They still refuse to reduce spending. They got their heads in the sand. All right. But it is time for you to really, really think about diversifying into gold with Birch Gold. In times of high uncertainty and instability, gold has historically been king. It is very, very dependable, and Birch Gold is going to make it really easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA with precious metals. Just text the word Y to 989898. They're going to send you a free information kit on gold, and uh, you can talk to one of their precious precious metals specialists if this appeals to you, which it should, okay? And I'm not, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not trying to give you financial advice, but what I'm telling you is um, my family has uh, diversified heavily into gold and silver right now because you don't want your retirement account just sitting there wasting away. Just look at it. Would you do yourself a favor and just text the word Y to 989898 for that free information kit. That is the word Y to 989898. The Biden administration proposed a new restriction on asylum seekers that, uh, just saying it looks very similar to a Trump era policy. It would prevent migrants who do not already uh, use available legal pathways to asylum and do not also seek asylum in a third country from applying for asylum in the United States. Um, and, uh, you know, the Biden administration's like, well, it's, it was in, it's just in response to uh, the proposal to end 
Title 42. Um, but I'm it just I'm just saying for the record looks very, very similar to the restrictions that Trump had in place when he was called xenophobic and racist and all of these other things because he understood the importance of a sovereign nation and actual borders. And I guess the DOJ and the DHS uh, finally agree with him because they expressed optimism that the new restriction would lead to a reduction in migrants crossing the southern border and thereby reducing the power of human smuggling networks and helping decrease the number of migrants in already overcrowded border facilities. Wow, wait, you mean encouraging illegal immigrants to come and to abuse our uh, current processes? So not encouraging them to come do this would lead to a reduction in people coming? It would lead to a reduction in human smugglers? Who knew? Yeah, it's like with, look, I've made this point before on the show, actually for years, I mean, about you know, Democrats are really these like pro-immigration types and not even pro-immigration, more so in the sense of just letting anybody over here uh, regardless until it makes them start to look bad or that public opinion starts to sway, let's say, on the subject. And it has over the years. You know, I talk about with Obama, even if you consider the, the language change of the deportations, even if you take that away, he still had deported more more immigrants than any president uh, uh, before him. This is why, you know, we call him the deporter in chief. It wasn't as a joke. That was what he what he was. So they pay lip service to this idea because they think, well, we can get this demographic demographic to support him. And often when they do get in office. Uh, quietly, often they'll kind of start doing their own things, whether it be getting people out of here, whether it be changing sort of policies. And man, you know, I, I just don't understand how people that, let's say, would, let's say, support something like that don't see through mm -hmm. that. That Dude, they're just paying lip service to this idea. They aren't as pro-immigration as uh, they like to lead you to think. That's never been what, what it is that they, they certainly are. But a lot of people, particularly young people, are convinced that they that they are and are convinced, of course, that this thing is a net gain. And often these are, you know, talking about like Upper East Coast, like right. leftists who don't live like in Texas or never live in South Texas like like I have. So they haven't seen the, the ugly part, mm -hmm. let's say, uh, of that and the ramifications that it is. But I, I do mm. like something like this is, I think, a way to solve the issue without having to use the uh, uh, the aggression, which I think a lot of people are they, they tend to have the issues with like, oh, they're stored in these facilities that are that are not, you know, top quality and all this. It's like, OK, how about you stop? incentivizing people mm -hmm. all together to to make that 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 trick on a, a lot dangerous trick, yes a dangerous trick uh, often and it, there's often a lot of criminal behavior mm -hmm. that is done uh because you got people that are taking advantage of it let's just say just stop incentivizing uh them and this goes all across the board you know i, I talk about it all the time with like the whole uh, you know, seeking asylum and all and all that stuff, and how taxpayer dollars are are being used to really subsidize and move people from other countries to countries like like this, and it goes under the radar, but it's a thing that's literally taxpayers paying for this type of type of stuff, and that's the thing that a lot of folks, of course, are going to to have issue with. So you can start if you if you no matter where you're at on this issue, if you want it to, let's say, be lessened, for that matter, the matter of aggression that is at the border, then stop trying to incentivize people based on a lie. How about that? Mm -hmm. The vindictiveness and uh, just the, I don't know, toddler behavior of Joe Biden and the people around him 
right when he got elected. Remember that like stack yes. of executive orders? Yes, they just wanted to undo what Trump did. They, that yeah. was it. No matter how effective mm-hmm. it was, no matter mm-hmm. what it did, you know, whatever, they just wanted to say we're erasing this guy from you know history. We're going to yep. erase everything. And it's, I want to say hilarious, but it's just sad that every once in a while they slip something like this back in because they know that it was actually good at doing what it was meant to do. Right. Democrat, to go off of your point, Democrats have never been, throughout history, have yeah. never been pro-immigrant. That's very true. Ever. Mm-hmm. You know when it changed? LBJ welfare mm. state. Yeah. Right around then, when they were like, oh, we need some more people to fuel this uh, behemoth that we're building, this giant, go- with the ma- massive amounts of immigration they found out, that we can build the government twice as fast. That's what it was for. Um, their virtue signaling on this just really pisses me off. They don't give a crap. Has AOC called this an immigration ban? Or an immigrant ban? No. Because that's what they, that's how they framed it back yeah. then. They used you named off a few of them, calling them xenophobic and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, the attacks went on and on. Not only that, but they weaponized their uh, their you know their legal weapons uh, to go out and challenge all these things in court nonstop. What was that guy's name? Cohen or whatever, who was doing a lot of stuff, especially in elections. People like that dude were going all over the place to try and stop this, and it did. I think it went through the courts and got shot down in the courts like twice mm-hmm. before, like maybe on his last day or something like that. It went back into effect, something like that. But I mean, look, look, look what that has done. I mean, you're talking about like how dangerous it is for uh, migrants to do this. Um, once they knew that Biden was coming in, they weren't going to enforce that. They all started coming in. And what happened to the cartels? The cartels are making just as much mm-hmm. money, if not more, on this human trafficking than they are uh, on you know getting drugs across the border. But don't worry, they're doing that too. But yeah, they're doing right. that they're, too. They, they are getting plenty of drugs across the border. <laughs> yeah, and we've yeah, got yeah. people dying all over the place from uh, from fentanyl. So right, that's great. Leading cause of death was like 18 to 45 right now, uh, fentanyl. That's crazy. That is incredible. I, you know, it just perplexes me too um, because I know we got to take a break in a second, but I just don't understand how you can't. I, I understand the people at the top why they want the the welfare state, right? But I don't understand just like the average Democrat who can't see past feeling compassionate, right? You can't see past. Okay, but at a certain point, you do realize, like, we will not be able to support all of these people. You do realize that, our, like, we, how, how do you it's see not this just ending? That. It's the demographic change as well. And I this know. is what I'd be trying to get the libertarians to understand, like, stop with just the, the short-sightedness of, well, what we what we want in terms of a libertarian social order. But even if we did have a libertarian social order, there are going to be people that are simply culturally incompatible, mm-hmm. and those people are going to recognize that and not want to live among people. And it might be separated on various different issues, but that's a thing. You you send cultures in a shot. This has happened in store. Wars have been started over stuff, uh, stuff like this. So to your point, Sarah, like you have to look at it not just from an economic perspective, but also from a cultural and right. a social perspective when looking at this 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 behemoth of Im- uh, immigration it's not just well every individual is a person that's just trying to get over here better a life and they're going to adapt to wherever it is that they're moving to i wish it was that simple but that's never ha- historically has been yeah um all right when we come back let's talk about a another detransitioner has filed a lawsuit against their medical provider we'll be right back
A woman in Ontario who identified as transgender and underwent hormone therapy, a bilateral mastectomy, and a hysterectomy filed the first lawsuit in Canada against her healthcare providers for facilitating her transition. Uh, and uh, this is eight doctors uh, and mental health professionals who treated her over the years. She alleges that they failed to address her complex mental health needs. You think? and instead allowed her to self-diagnose as transgender and undergo these irreversible procedures that she now regrets. Watch. Hi, I'm Michelle. I'm a detransitioned woman and I am pursuing legal action against the health professionals that facilitated my medical transition. I began identifying as transgender in young adulthood with no dysphoria beforehand. This was not a red flag to me as I was assured that many people discover their true gender identity later in life. Less than a year after coming out to myself, I was prescribed synthetic testosterone, which permanently virilized my voice and appearance. I had a bilateral mastectomy 14 months later, and finally, eight years into my transition, I had a medically unnecessary hysterectomy covered by the Ontario Health Insurance Plan. Each step involved irreversible alterations to my body and came with serious risks Yet, all were met with little challenge despite my long-standing history of mental health struggles and no indication of gender-related distress in childhood or adolescence. I am alleging that this lack of inquiry is a failure of due diligence amounting to medical negligence towards a vulnerable patient. Uh, so I, I want to give you a little bit of these details of um, how neglectful uh, these doctors were. So. Um, she attended a support group in Toronto called Gender Journeys, where she met a doctor who referred her for male hormone therapy after one single hour-long appointment. That's it. Did you hear her voice? Does it sound very uh, feminine? Does it sound very womanly? They tell you this stuff is, is reversible. They tell you that you can change course at any time. It's not true. They are selling these people a lie. Uh, also... Her therapist also recommended hormone therapy despite being aware of her long history of serious mental health issues. After three appointments with another doctor, she was prescribed testosterone. Uh, later, several years later, she, she had her breast removed after she received a letter from her doctors recommending her for this mastectomy. Um, and uh, she underwent the hysterectomy after being referred by, you know, another doctor. And all of this, these processes, it took the actual patient, the actual one who was going through all of these mental health issues. It took the one without the freaking medical degree to go, wait, did we just rush into this? Oh, that's right, we did. And now it's too late and the damage is already done. Um, I, I really, truly, I'm increasingly becoming uh, more encouraged by all of these lawsuits because we're seeing them pop up in like Canada now, the UK, there's been one that, that has been uh, formed against like the biggest gender clinic in the UK, Chloe Cole. Mm -hmm. Now here in the United States, I have to believe that detransitioners are going to be what writes this ship, not because these doctors are not greedy bastards who don't give a crap about your health, but because they're scared of getting sued into oblivion. Yeah, and that's sad that it has to come certainly to that point. I think a lot of these, there's been more, you know, definitely as you look more into it, more detransitioners de than I think a lot of people gave credit for. Mm -hmm. Just they're not the guys that are going to get propped up. 
uh, right. when, when stuff like this goes down. But, you, you know, you hear that voice, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Hell, the fact that people would lie and say, well, this wasn't like irreversible, not, you're not doing irreversible damage and stuff like, no, this is stuff. And it's happening to young people, like definitely in the case of Chloe Cole, it was a teenager. You know what I mean? This is child abuse. Let's just call it exactly what it is. And all mm -hmm. the docs that participated in this are doing exactly that. It'd be one thing that if, if you are a full-blown adult, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, you got, you know, you can make the argument maybe a person that's going through that doesn't have it all upstairs. That's what I'm saying. A vulnerable adult. Yeah. I think you can still abuse a vulnerable yeah, exactly. adult. You know what I mean? Like, so e even to that case, you know, to your point, it's still a problem. It's still a, it's still a fundamental issue that these people have mental issues regardless. And there used to be a time where the whole gender dysphoria thing was a thing that it was a thing and they would address it as such as a mental illness. And yeah. now more so, it's like, well, they, they weaponized this whole self deletion, let's call it that, and they say, well, if you don't affirm, uh, they love that term gender affirming care, if you don't affirm their, their gender, then they are likely to, let's say, do something to themselves. So they're coercing you, they're extorting, including parents, to get them into doing this sort of stuff. When the reality is, is that this person is going through something mentally and they need, and it needs to be addressed. You can think about this in really any other context. If a person has an issue with how they are like just like God made you that way. You came out that way and somebody has a fundamental with something that you just po you can't possibly change. You would address that and say, well, something's something's up and that needs to be addressed. But on the subject of gender, for whatever reason or sex, for some reason, that just went out the window. And now it's like a thing that will. OK, you want to be something else. Well, let's just give you all of these things. Let's g give you the mastectomy. Let's do these things that are irreversible. And let's just see what happens after that. And the fact that they've they've tried to like uh, not it's not just the coercion, it's the gaslighting of everybody that's around and saying there's something fundamentally wrong with this. And the fact that there are doctors, these supposed experts who are all in on it just mm -hmm. makes it that much more criminal because we thought that we were supposed to be able to trust them. Right. And I do think it's not science. And so you, you pointed out before, you know, it's I, a lot of this has to do with money. Mm -hmm. I think they're just after money. They are. Um, Lifetime patient. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that, I mean, it's kind of similar to like how corporations have gone woke today. I don't think it's because any of them believe in wokeness. Right. I think that a lot of the, well, some of the, some of it has to do with a lot of these woke kids graduating, going into some of these companies. But a lot of them uh, are, were scared to death over Occupy Wall Street. Mm -hmm. And they were like, okay, something has changed. There's a shift in how activism happens, how some of these big-time lobbies are coming after people, and they can legitimately do damage now. Um, the LGBT barbecue, whatever it is now, <laughs> how they you are now. The uh, oh, I don't know. I probably forgot you a lot forgot of them. the two. <laughs> it Jason. changes by minute. I'm forgetting a lot of <laughs> letters. Um, the way that the way that the trans community kind of co-opted in to that lobby um, was a huge boon for them, mm -hmm. huge. Because like you said, it was a mental disorder. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about someone that just, like if it's a dude that pervert, uh, prefers dudes over chicks or yeah. vice versa. We're talking about someone that thinks there's something they're not. Yeah. It's a mental disorder. Yeah. And we have scientists saying, oh, it's a science. And doctors saying, yeah, they need treatment. This is not what you were saying a few years ago. So don't tell me it's a science. You want money and you're scared of the lobby. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. And these people are suffering because of it. And they're also weaponizing language, as the left uh, often does, by calling it gender-affirming care. That's quite literally the opposite of what it is, right? Like, oh, it's true. If you gave them gender-affirming care, you would be telling them that they are 
yeah. what they were born, right? Yeah. That is gender-affirming care, affirming the gender that they actually are. This is something completely separate, and they, they've, they've marketed it as like, oh, well, this is called gender-affirming care, and you have to do it or else your child will die. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's not gender-affirming care at all. No, it's, nev it's but never that, But been. that's how they sell it. Yeah, no, that's the part of the gaslight. That's yep. what I was talking about. It's part yep. of like making it seem like everybody else is crazy. As we sit up here and we acknowledge the fact that this is nuts, man. Especially the fact, that I think that was where they overplayed their hand, is going after young people, allowing young people to be able to go through all that, coercing people's children into, mm -hmm. into doing this, this sort of care. Like we're talking about irreversible damage man like in the fact that even that was a whole lie or the way they would try to excuse me gaslight us and to say well no it's not irreversible like no dude like you're, this is stuff when you talk about double what else is it if it's not irreversible right like what right. what else is that you know yeah. what i mean and I, and I hate that you know it had to go there right you had to go after these young people right because that's who ultimately to me that was what it was all about that was what who they were all after to try to like make a bunch of new soldiers Mm -hmm. essentially mm -hmm. and people that will affirm it's sad but that's what they do is they go after young people to validate themselves and their own craziness so if they get the young people if they get the institutions certainly of education well they can say well we, we've won even though their it. ideas are terrible you yeah know? i think it was woodrow wilson that said the goal of the university should be to make the child most unlike their parents as possible mm -hmm. and that just filtered for the progressives took that from university and now it's all the way down in grade school yep absolutely all right we got to uh well let's take a quick break and then we're gonna let's talk this uh bill clinton advisor mysteriously died we'll get into that after the break Another mysterious death popping up uh, of someone who is quite familiar with the Clintons. This time it is Mark Middleton. He was uh, 59. He was a former advisor to President Bill Clinton. And he was just uh, just want to just want to tell you the details of how he was found and then what type of death this was ruled. So he was found hanged from a tree with a gunshot wound to his chest and there was no weapon that they could find. The investigators could not find the weapon at the scene. And they ruled it a suicide. <laughs> oh, but he also had a cord wrapped around his neck right. tied to a tree. Yes, that's why I said. He was hanged so, from a tree so, with a gunshot wound and no gun. So he was just doubling up just in case? He, well, you never can be too careful when you're killing yourself. <laughs> oh, so, by the way, he signed Jeffrey Epstein into the White House on seven of the 17 times that Jeffrey Epstein visited Bill Clinton uh, while he was in the White House. He flew on Epstein's jet. And um, I, it just... Look, I, these things happen, right? When you're the Clintons, these things just tend to happen that all of these people who have previously worked for you just end up, you know, hanging themselves with a cord around a tree and then shooting themselves in the chest and also managing to, like, throw the gun really far after they shoot themselves in the chest so that investigators can never even find the weapon. Yeah, and then it's like, hey, we just move on to the next case until it happens again, and then there's some person that is found dead that happened to be close, happened to know a little bit too much, and they sh died of suicide with two shots to the back of the head. You know, <laughs> it's the same thing, and we joke about it, but that is absolutely insane that someone could come to that conclusion that basically this person went through the work of, show, uh, of, of hanging themselves and then this double down 
uh, shoot themselves in the in the chest, and as they're dying, somehow launch that bad boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know who they had. Maybe Ichiro right field to third base. Like he had to been uh, a guy that had an arm on him to be able to get that gun to where it's nowhere near him. This is absolutely insane. Well, maybe Don Lamon was onto something when he talked about the black holes that could have swallowed up the Malaysian flight. Remember that? Mm -hmm. That was the most <laughs> hilarious. And he was being serious. But I don't know, maybe that same black hole just shifted over to where that gun was. Um, th this, is, uh, <laughs> this is really weird, and like you said, it always follows the Clintons. Mm -hmm. I mean, at what point does it stop being just like a conspiracy theory and maybe we need to look into it a little bit more. I don't know, but I have a feeling this is going to get weirder and weirder the closer we get to more disclosures about Epstein. Just got the feeling. Right, you know? right. We're getting closer. I, we still don't know all the names. A lot of the names involved in the court cases, just in the court cases, are still redacted. Mm -hmm. Why? Hmm. Isn't that in the public interest? Hmm, well. Who cares about the public interest? It's not in the interest of all of these wealthy elites whose names are on there. Definitely not. Please. Definitely not. Uh, I just, I just want to know, here's what I would like to happen. I don't think, I, I'm very, very pessimistic about the Clintons ever seeing any sort of repercussions for all of the things nah. that they have done. Uh, or I, Allegedly, okay? I tend to believe that it's too coincidental to not have something there. I also tend to believe the reports of how, uh, you know, Juanita Broderick was treated, um, you know, even Hillary Clinton, how they were treating some of these women that accused Bill Clinton of uh, sexual, you know, indecency. Um, but I just would like to believe if we can't have justice now, maybe when they die, people will start talking. No. You don't think? No. No. Who's going to kill him? I don't, <laughs> I think that, uh, well, so I guess, I don't know, actually. Well, I do know that the Clintons are a Democrat, modern Democrat Party establishment, right? What Bill Clinton did was amazing for his party. Yeah. Like, he grabbed that, you know, demographic they didn't have. He's their poster child, and she was the, po she was the anointed one, and, you know, to take over, and plus she was a woman. They were going to have the first mm -hmm. woman president. So I think they are untouchable. And I think that will continue out for who knows how long, for decades, probably. They will not let them be tarnished more than they've already tarnished themselves. I just don't think it. What do you think, Eric? I don't, it's hard to say, man. I mean, what's gonna, it's gonna take people in, entering in some dangerous territory, uh, which may get them also hung and shot in the chest. Uh, in the event they get so close, for them to actually at least have their brand tarnished enough to where we, people kind of, just concede that these people are part of like a lot of evil, evil stuff, and they really always, uh, always have been. But to your point, they are the uh, democratic sort of establishment, and you know if they go down, there's going to be a lot of other people that are around mm. them that are going to go down, that's and I think point. that's the point that uh, why it, people aren't going to touch it. Their entire that's machine is like built off them. Yeah, I mean, that. really, I mean, they're 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 uh, they're think tank, you know, I think progress, you know. Uh, mm. Um, Media Matters for America and all those like different organizations that are under that one dude. What's his name? Can't remember his name now. That's head of that. Um, they started defend. They got their start defending Bill and Hillary. Mm -hmm. And now that yeah, they run everything That's right now. That's a great now. point. That's a great point. Well, thanks. I was Sorry. hoping for better news than that. <laughs> uh, all right, we've uh, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. Very vigorous.
according to his doctor, who just recently gave him a physical, the very vigorous Joe Biden. Uh, well, he had a misfortunate accident again. He was caught uh, tripping up the steps of Air Force One once again. Luckily, this was he caught himself. Be, I mean, because of all the vigor uh, and <laughs> him being 80, he did he did manage to catch himself uh, rather quickly. But you know, I. I just, <laughs> I don't understand how he tripped up the stairs so many times the first time it happened. I don't understand how he keeps tripping up the stairs. Um, he wasn't even, you know, the last time he was trying to, to jog. This yeah, one, he's, he's not, walking. he's walking rather slowly, still trips, but don't worry, nothing to see here. He is, as I mentioned, did I mention earlier? He is vigorous. Vigorous. Yeah, did you see him walking with Zelensky in uh, Kiev? Mm -hmm. The way he was walking, it was like he was going to fall over at any moment. Uh, no, I, there was a there was a political article that came out. I think it was Politico, either today or yesterday, and it talked about how Joe Biden might not run, and people around them are scrambling to try and figure out what their plan B is. There's no, I don't think he's going to run. He didn't want to run the first time. You think? I think he was he was picked because he, he knew that he could get more moderates and that they could take down Trump. They have nobody else that can pull in more moderates. I don't think. Well, but I mean, he's like basically dead. So <laughs> you think he's going to do a, like, a better job? Well, 81 million votes, I know, than the safest and most secure election fortify ever. It. That's why they had to fortify it yeah. because it was so safe and yeah. secure. Um, and, but, which, by the way, fortified admittedly by them. <laughs> not That's not me saying that. They said it. Um, I, I just have to believe that uh, a half-dead guy is not going to play very well once you've seen the, the results that can come from a half-dead guy. <laughs> Having a guy tripping up them stairs back to back. But we just saw, oh, what's the name trip as well? Y'all saw that? No. Uh, Trudeau. He tripped over that flower pot. Oh, uh, it must be something in the water. Progressive yeah. virus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't walk. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.